0: Hi, Sarah. Welcome. Hi. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? Pretty good. We're home, so we're settled all in now. Oh, good. Okay. Well, thank you so much for joining. And you're going to today. You'll be sharing your basically your family story because uh, it involves more than one victim, and you'll be telling us a little about kind of how it all started. And this is a trigger warning for information that is about sexual abuse. So if anyone is not open to hearing that or it's too hard for you, this is a good time to just move away from this podcast. So tell us, Sarah, like when started. Um, just from the beginning about who the perpetrator was and how did you know him? Like how long him um, and who was he to you guys, your family?
1: Um, I've known him literally my whole life. He okay. was the son of one of my grandmother's friends. And so oh. I've always kind of grown up with him. We moved away for a while. So we kind of, we lost contact for a little bit there. And then Mm -hmm. when I was a young adult, I moved back to the area where he's from. And it was just like no time had passed at all. We were back to being best buddies and always with each other.
0: Okay. How old were you guys at that point when you first moved back and got reconnected?
1: Um, I was probably 20, 23, nope. No, yeah, I would have been about 20, 21, 22.
0: Okay. Okay. So you're both and he's around your age, right? Yeah. He's four years younger. Oh, four. He's about 18. Okay. So you guys re just pick things back up where they started. The friendship is going now. Were you married or did you have kids at that point?
1: I had my son and then my daughter.
0: Okay, how old
1: All were they? I had that time. Uh Leighton was about two. Um and Lexington was about uh maybe five.
0: Okay, so Lexington is your son and Leighton is your daughter. Correct. Right. Okay, so you guys come back and so how the perpetrator, his name is what? Chris. Okay, so Chris, how does he kind of welcome you and the kids back because he hadn't met the kids yet at that point right when you first got back
1: right but they were always on facetime and facebook and all you know all okay thing. okay so, so he knew I mean, of them right right it was and just so, like a long distance friendship at that point so it wasn't like oh wow i didn't know you had kids that he knew
0: okay so how was he with the kids and with you when you first came back
1: he was literally like the older brother like,
0: mm-hmm.
1: he would always, you know, like, oh, you, know, you look tired. Like, especially when I had Lila, my middle girl, he would, you know, always say, well, let I'll go take him down to the park and they can play around and let you, you know, rest with the baby, you know. So, the like hel-
0: helping that. you. Right. Like, stepping in to offer. A- and so what would appear to be help for you? Right. And you're like, oh, thank God I can rest. I can take a nap. Right. Cook- while he has the kids and how was your trust for him at that point
1: well I trusted him with everything
0: yeah okay okay so then tell us like how does it move along from there so at that point you have your son who's five your daughter who was how old was she
1: she was about two
0: about two okay okay and so then how do things kind of progress
1: um, and then I, I actually found out shortly after moving back that I was actually almost eight months pregnant. It was oh. uh, one of those hidden pregnancies. I literally had no, we had no clue. Oh. Um, nothing had changed. And my doctor just so happened to do an ultrasound to check on my gallbladder that was just removed. Um, oh, and replaced
2: with a baby. Some-
1: <laughs> right, right. And um, they were like, oh, Okay. Oh and wow! So I ended up having a baby literally almost like a month later.
0: Wow! No prep time.
1: Exactly. Yeah, it was very very quick. Okay. And there was literally no issues, no nothing.
0: And oh, and on that note, I don't think we clarified. So you had the kids, but were you married or with a partner?
1: Oh, so the girl's dad. Uh, him and I learned very quickly that we were not good together. Okay. But we were. Duck together because we had Leighton Okay. So we had always been co-parenters, um, okay. and we, and to this day, Scott and I are very close. He's mm-hmm. literally like my my very best friend. His wife is my really good friend too, and my husband and Scott are really close. And so we're all very together. You wouldn't tell okay. that we were exes.
0: And was Scott Scott is the father of Leighton Was Scott in the same town as? You and Chris and everybody when you moved back with Scott there as well?
1: Yeah, I lived with Scott. Scott and I have oh. lived with each other for a very long time. Even when we got married, he lived with us, with me and my husband for a while.
0: Okay. So you're not a single mom, but you're not married. Correct. Okay. So it's a little unique. So Scott, Scott's living with you, your daughter and your son, and then right. Chris is living near or with you?
1: Yeah, no, he was literally like two houses
0: down. Okay, so Chris is two houses down. So you guys are hanging out all the time. He's helping with the yep. kids. And then you end up ready to deliver a baby with very little notice. And then Correct. how, okay, and then where do we go from there?
1: Uh, Scott and I had Lila, and uh, like I said, things just were normal. We just did normal things. We were. Always at the you know the public pool, and then we would go home and we would do you know movie nights. Or Chris would take uh, the kids outside with Scott, and they would do like football or soccer. Uh, they would play baseball, and I would have the girls inside maybe, and mm-hmm. we would be cooking or doing crafts. And it just was normal until um, maybe two years later, and my dad got sick, and he needed someone to take care of him. And mm-hmm. out of all the grandchildren, for some reason, I was the only one that would move. So I had to move from Michigan and come to Oklahoma. Okay. And um, after I was there for a little while by myself, and I was drowning with my taking care of my dad and the kids. Mm-hmm. And Scott had a job there, a good one. So he couldn't leave. So okay. Chris had suggested that he come and help.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And he found a job here. And I said, okay, well, fine. I mean, I guess that works. Yeah. So he. I'm sure you were grateful. Right. I was. So he mm-hmm. moved. He moved. Uh He came to stay with us for a little while, and he was staying with a friend for a little bit, and then the friend moved away. So then he ended up living with us.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I and it was truly just normal everyday life.
0: Yeah, was and he no, watching no, no. the kids like on a regular basis? No, no. So I at I, this I was point, you have enough. three kids,
1: right? Okay. I was lucky enough to be able to stay home. I, I um, do branding and marketing, and I was able to do that
0: from home.
2: Okay. So,
1: I mean, he never watched the kids.
0: Yeah. So you're working from home, taking care of your dad. He has a job, and he's just helping out with like what kind of stuff,
1: uh, like you know, normal men things, take out the trash. The car needs an oil change, you know, things like that.
0: Yeah. Because he came there to, to help you out. Right. He
1: more so was,
0: was I more so needed more help with my dad than anything else. Oh, with your dad. I see. Okay. okay. All right. Okay. So then how are we doing? How long is he there? Everybody's getting along. Everything's smooth. We were, he's, he was there until,
1: we'll see Leighton was five when she said something. So I'm not good with math. So what is that? Three years?
0: Yeah, I would say about three years. About
1: three years.
0: That's a about long time. Years. Yeah. So yeah. now Layton's how old she's five. The baby is She's five and I, I
1: had just actually uh delivered my youngest baby. Um, and so we're in two thousand sixteen now.
0: Okay. Okay, so two thousand sixteen, there's four kids or three? sorry there's four kids okay
1: and I had also just adopted my youngest baby sister who was now uh turning
0: 12. okay all right so you have a house full of yes of kids Chris and your dad and then what what happens one day you get home from delivering your last baby right
1: Yep, it was Halloween, and I was staying with a friend because I was having issues with my dad at that time, and I needed to be away from him. Okay. Um, and I, everybody was at the house, getting ready for Halloween with all the, you know, the kids, all my friends, and everybody were there and had their kids. Mm-hmm. And um, Layton had, I guess, spilt something on her costume. So, so, so I believe it was my. I'm pretty sure it was my aunt and one of my other girlfriends who took her back then are like, "Well, we'll get her cleaned up." And I'm I'm trying to take care of Olivia, the new baby I just had. Okay. And everybody so everybody's in the back area of this house and getting all these kids ready and um Layton comes down the hallway and she just says, "Mommy, Chris put his penis in my mouth." And that was it. Oh she said God. it just like that.
0: Just in front of in front everyone. of other, everyone. In front of everyone. Oh my gosh. And there had been nothing before that, not Absolutely one thing. Absolutely okay. nothing. So, how do you respond to that?
1: I, I'm pretty sure I just stared at her for a little bit. And then I yeah. asked her, I said, What? And she said it again. So, I grabbed Olivia L- uh, back from her little bouncy. I yanked Lila back in because she had just ran past to go outside. I grabbed her back and I put all of my kids into the back room. And I locked them in there. Like a,
0: a bedroom. Grabbed,
1: right. I grabbed Chris mm-hmm. from the other side of that bathroom and I, I handed him to my friend's husband. And I said, well, you just stay here. And I went back into the room and I, I asked her over and over and over in a million different ways and a million different times. And her story never changed. She because said that,
0: what was he doing with her? They were in a bathroom?
1: Right. She said that they were, they were, were going to play captain. And he was going to be captain of the boat, and they were going to be pirates, and they had to do whatever he said. Her. right? Her. Well, I guess I guess Lila was in there too at one point, but Lila I guess ran out to go play um, with the other kids outside.
0: And they were supposed to be, from what you were understanding, is Chris had taken them to get cleaned up so she could get her costume on to go trick right. or treat.
1: Right. He was, he he was supposed to be walking her back to go mm-hmm. give her to my friend Carrie to get her costume cleaned up.
0: Okay. Okay. So you separate the kids into a separate bedroom. You talk to your daughter and you're like, just tell me again, <laughs> making sure 20 times, like, did she say the thing she said?
2: Right. And
0: then she clarifies over and over. Same thing. Obviously, she's so little. She was five. Three? Yeah. How old was she? I'm sorry, she I'm confusing five. everybody.
1: Yeah, no, she was five.
0: So she's five, so she can speak clearly at that point. Yes. So once you're feeling confident that is what she said, then what did you do?
1: I, I called the therapist, the, her therapist, because before this we had been having behavioral issues with Layton, and I had been taking. Now it her makes a sense, doctor. right? Right, right. Mm-hmm. And so they had diagnosed her with ODD. And
0: wow!
1: Funny enough, after they learned of the abuse, they actually stripped away the ODD diagnosis to PTSD. And almost, mm-hmm. Right, and almost all of the violent, aggressive behavior went away. Wow. Like I mean, almost instantly.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, now she is the most sweet, kind, and timid child. Where before she was very aggressive, very outspoken. Like we couldn't leave her alone, even with a small animal.
0: That's how yeah. Dangerous I mean, she was, she was living with her abuser. So, right. OK, before we jump over there, because I want to just make sure we are going through the timeline. So, OK, so, Chris, you have the kids and then you tell Chris what?
1: Well, I called the therapist first and oh, I told right. her what she had this. said mm-hmm. and she said we need to call CPS. So we called CPS
0: and CPS um, is Child Protective Services, just in case because right. they call it different in different states. Yeah. Okay. And then
1: they got the Tulsa police on the phone. And so okay. it, it all started from there. Um, and we were then, everything Everything truly was like a big blur from there. We were, we were, we decided that, so he was then taken down to my friend's house and he was just going to stay over there because at this point I didn't want him to know that I knew exactly who she said. I wanted him to think that she, was saying someone did it she didn't right. know who but someone because um, i didn't want him to run
0: right and so who took him, to him down to your home. friends like your all your friends went or the police took him there
1: no my so my my friend carrie and her husband i asked them to take them to his house her house
0: because there was Good no idea. Kids there, and
1: i wanted him close but not in the house
0: yeah while well, you're waiting for the cops to show up right right perfect okay so
1: Uh, They come and and talk to us and they tell us, okay they're going to get the detective on on board. And I was told to basically wait. So we we only stayed where we were staying for about three days. Mm -hmm. And that was for a whole different reason. I I literally woke up in the middle of the night. It was like 4 a.m. and the person we were staying with was on the phone with her husband, who was a trucker. Mm And she, and it was true that Layton did have a forensic interview that day, but this, my friend told her husband that Layton had said that, oh, mommy touches me too. And mommy did this. And I'm like sitting here, like none of that was said,
2: oh my. none
1: of that was said. So I felt like, oh my God, I need to get out of here. And yeah. lo and behold, after I left, I found out that they were actually on Chris's side.
0: Oh so my gosh. I, they were trying to yeah. get her to say that.
1: Right. I truly felt I will never be able to properly explain the feeling that I had being I here.
0: can't imagine. It was like
1: in a movie feeling like everything I thought was my reality was not and questioning what was real and what wasn't and feeling yeah. like I was in a situation where everybody around me was like trying to trap me and get me in some way and I had no way out.
0: Well, because this guy, Chris, the sexual predator was your best friend. You knew him right. your entire life. He helped you take care of your dad, your kids. He was like a brother to you. Like, So to to hear your daughter say that, your brain must have fallen out of your head. And then you have to try to process that and then quickly move into gear of like, what do I do next? Now you call CPS and you call the police. And then you find out these friends are saying that you also were doing something. And now you're like, oh, God, am am I going to be in trouble now? You don't really know what to expect.
1: Yeah, it really was. It's exactly how you explained it. I mean, just like a blur.
0: Yeah. Okay, so Chris is down there at the friend's house with your other friends. You have the kids, the cops Mm -hmm. show up, the detective, they take the case on, which means they're going to investigate it. And then what happens? Now, does Chris know that you know it's him yet?
1: No, not yet. Okay. So Laney did her forensic interview about two and a half days later.
0: It was, okay. it was about
1: two, two-ish, three-ish days. And then I heard my friend talking to her husband. I heard what she said. It was truly like, it's got to be like 2, 4 a.m. at this point. And I called there. I literally, I grabbed all of the kids because we were all in one room anyway, but I had them like on one had like a bed on the floor. One was over in the, the pack and play. I grabbed all of them and put them all on the bed. I got them all tucked under the blanket and I barricaded both of the entry doors and I waited until it was an appropriate time to call the therapist. And okay. as soon as eight o'clock hit, I called the therapist and I said, you have got to get us out of here and i told her what had happened and she was like oh my god
0: and so where she- were you you're at a friend's house
1: yeah i'm at it fr- so i lived in tulsa this time but i was at a friend's house who lived in cleveland so okay. i was about 45 minutes from home okay so I-, I called her and she came in her own personal car and she came and got us and wow. the detective and they're like she said what do i do with her and that was when they informed me I don't know because Chris is actually at their house. And I'm like, you have got to be
0: kidding me. So as soon as you left, they brought Chris over there?
1: Essentially is what happened, yeah. He was allowed to go back to my home.
2: So I was
1: told that, no, they would not be removing him at this time, that basically they wanted to be able to know where he was and that I needed to find somewhere else. So as we're trying to figure this out, I guess the cops got a phone call from Chris's mom and some things that she had said on the phone made them worried enough that they then called us back and said, you know what? We're actually going to put you in a hideout home.
2: Okay, and
0: tell us, like, what was she insinuating
1: uh, basically, that if she was asking a bunch of questions, like, so if Layton wasn't here to testify, that means there's no case, right? Or if, uh, you know, Sarah wasn't there to, because she was convinced I had coached Layton. So she was making, you know, asking questions like, well, if Sarah wasn't there to
0: the conversation, then no case is there, right? Like, just things right. like that. that made so them basically burn. insinuating if we killed them or if they died yeah. for some reason, right. then, then my son no would case. not have to deal with any of this. Exactly. Okay, so who did she say that to? Like, how did you get word she of that?
1: said that to the detective. She asked those questions to Oh, the wow. Doctor.
0: Okay, yeah. so yeah. then the detective's like, okay, Sarah, we're putting you in... Some sort of protective, hiding, custody.
1: Right. And so we were then thrown into an apartment. We were told we were not allowed to be near the windows, have the windows open. And we were not allowed to come outside unless we got prior um, authorization. And of course, where they put us was literally, if you walked right down the stairs, there was a park there in a pool. And for almost a year these kids had to hear all these kids having so much fun and they couldn't even go outside.
0: Oh my gosh. That's so sad. A year you guys had to live like that. Yeah. It was almost. Did they like like make, did they like pay your rent and your bills?
1: Uh, I, so I didn't have any bills to pay. It it was, it was completely, I didn't have to worry about any of that.
0: Okay. Um, Yeah. I'm thinking they uprooted you. You can't leave the house. So I'm, I'm curious. I was just curious for other people too listening like, at least you knew you didn't have to worry about food, housing, and that. But, of course, it comes with a million other worries. But so you're secure in that way. But then well, you were can't, you're can't. hostage, basically.
1: Be. We were supposed to be able to call them every um, week and they would do like a big grocery order. They did it once and then never again could we get a date set. So I actually, and because they had also told us that while they investigated, they wanted nobody around us. Absolutely no one so i could have contact with nobody but for that whole year the, yes for 8 months
0: oh my goodness. and it was
1: it, but it got to the point like i said i would try to make up the try to set up the grocery order times and yeah. would never get back to me it got to a point where i had to literally sneak call their dad, the girl's dad, Scott. And he would have to sneak over groceries at like 3 a.m. when there was time for the shift change of the cop that was outside. Because there was was nothing else I could do.
0: Yeah, you have to eat. This is like a literal hostage. I mean, I know they're helpful, but it's also coming with its own set of massive trauma. You're isolated from your family. You're isolated from your friends. The kids are isolated from everyone except for you. And you've all just gone through. Were you guys able to do therapy over the phone or anything? No therapy was given to us until after
1: he actually. Oh, wow.
0: So you're just all huddled together. Right. Living in this space with no outside world.
1: In about two weeks after we were put there. My sister, the one that I had adopted. Uh Told me that she said that she didn't want to tell me this. And she feels guilty for not saying it sooner, but he had actually abused her too. So I then had to call the wow. detective in and start the process all over again for her.
0: Wow. So let me just clarify for the timeline. So we have Layton is the first victim that you know of. Your little girl. She right. was how how many? What age to what age did he have access to her?
1: Um, from the time that she was about one and a half, turning two to five.
0: Okay. So three and a half years, one and a half to five. And then your little sister was 11 when she came?
1: Yep. She was 11, just getting ready to turn 12.
0: And how long did you have access to her?
1: One month. She was taken okay. out of foster care and finally given to me. And so she, had, she was in a foster home that was abusing her. And that's why they needed to relocate. Oh. And they sent her to me and he knew why she was coming. Yeah. He, he, he didn't care
0: no of course okay so now late or so now your little sister discloses there's abuse from on her end too which was so incredibly brave of her and right. Layton, both of them I mean Layton didn't realize she was brave she was just little and right. telling the truth and yeah. then your other sister was so brave I mean your sister was so brave yes. so now yes. you call now the detective opens up another case for this situation yes. Yes. okay so then what happens uh, and then it's a lot
1: of sit and wait. It's a lot of forensic interviewing, um, a lot of uh, recordings for court. You know, they they, got, they recorded everything they wanted to do. Interviewing almost every day. For Are you talking days. about like depositions? Um, I'm not sure what they were recording it for. Honestly, okay. they would have us go to the children's service center, uh-huh. and they would have them go into rooms and talk.
0: So tell us if you don't mind, whatever you're comfortable with, what. What was the forensic interview process like for people who don't know what that is, if you could explain that?
1: So the very first interview is where they have the family come in and they separate you from the children or whomever made the claim.
0: How was Um, that for you being separated knowing?
1: um, You know, I went into, um, I, I kind of went into, I took myself out of mom mode and went into, we need to nail this piece of trash. Mm -hmm. So anything and everything we need to do, we're gonna do. And I do remember when they came to get her, because they called her back and she was getting ready to go back with the detective. I remember I got down on my knees in front of her and I I looked her right in her face and I said, Leighton, I said, you did nothing wrong. You, You are not in trouble. Nothing you say in there could ever put you in trouble. And mm-hmm. you have to tell the truth. I said she said, she said, but what what happens if you get in trouble for the truth? And I remember telling her, anybody that could do something to you or in front of you that would get them in trouble, they need to be in trouble because that means they're a bad person.
2: Yeah. And she
1: looked at me Very and good. she said, She said, even you, mommy, I said, even me. And that made me feel like, oh, what is she about to go in there? And say, did I do <laughs> something like, I don't remember?
0: <laughs> right, because you um, have the other lady's message right. in your ear, right? Yeah.
1: But I think she just wanted to clarify, you know? Yeah, yeah. Adult that I trust, and I and I told her, I said, "You tell the truth, and you tell exactly what happened,
0: and you will not be in trouble." I and love, I love your message to her, and I love that you got on her level and talked to her. Like she sang physically. Like a she did. She sang like a canary. She okay. she told them
1: everything. She was able to even describe a a um unique mark on his penis that he had, I guess.
0: Yeah. Now, did she have to undergo the forensic right. testing so, uh the physical the, testing? Yeah. So the first part of it is they talk to her,
1: they do all of that. Now when I had first spoken to the detective, they had told me to bag up the clothes that she had been wearing for the past two days.
2: Uh-huh. They said
1: everything from head to toe, like hair bows to socks, everything that she had put on her body in the last two days, bag it up. Wow. So they already had that. So they did the first part where they interview her forever. As long as she's they said that children normally only last about 15, 20 minutes, but Layton was in there for about two hours. Wow. And then after that, they go into a separate room. And that's the part that is traumatic.
0: Yeah, uh, that's
1: the part where they then have to take swabs of everything.
0: You mean of her genital area?
1: Yes, her mouth, her finger. They clipped her nails. Um, they wow. pulled some of her hair. I mean, they they did thoroughly from head to toe. They swabbed her.
0: And so, were you able to be in the room for her with yes, her for that? I was that? able
1: to be with her for that.
0: Okay, and did they have any? what who else was in the room you her and who else and
1: um a doctor and a nurse and then her therapist
0: okay and how did she handle that
1: like like i would expect like a 16 year old to it wasn't like we were dealing with a normal 5 year old it's mm-hmm. like that 5 year old was gone um mm. And, and honestly, Layton was gone way before that because she had then turned into this violent monster. Yeah. Um,
0: angry.
2: Mm-hmm. Right.
1: So she was just, I, cause I, I didn't talk to her like a child at that point. And I had expl we had conversations that this was a very adult situation and she shouldn't be in this situation, but she is. And yeah. I had to talk to her very matter of fact. And I had to, I explained everything. Yeah. I didn't. Talked to her like she was incompetent Mm
2: -hmm. and i think that
1: that she understood but what i really drilled into her was that because she was very worried about getting chris in trouble very worried and that's very normal
0: also and we'll kind of go back through this after we go through it but yeah it is
1: once i explained to her that uh, because i had finally told her i said Leighton he is going to be in trouble and he should be in trouble. Exactly. I said, said, you can do this and you can be brave and do this. I said, Layton, you will literally save hundreds, maybe thousands of other children. And once I put it into perspective for her, Mm -hmm. she understood and she was more, I think it almost gave her like a little, motivation, like a little fire in her little belly. And yeah. now she was going, she was on a mission and she had a purpose and she was going to do this because she was going to help another kid.
0: Oh, and, and how that, was that the whole fire
1: has never left her
0: actually. That's beautiful. I mean, what a spirit, what a horrible thing to have to tell your child, but what a beautiful, it's just so tragic all of it but she took it and made the best she could possibly make how do you feel like the the medical staff treated you and her during that period during the swabbing of the all the right of her body
1: we got lucky we had we had an incredible team i have absolutely no complaints truly i mean they were very very um compassionate and good. They explained everything a million times before even though Layton had given this doctor a million ounces of permission it, before he would get a new swab, he would say, "Now is it okay if I flip your hand over? And is it okay if I do good. this?" And
0: he's teaching her also right. that is how it should be to have permission to right. touch your body. Exactly. So how how long did that kind of test go on? That part of the test, the physical part?
1: Because of how much abuse she had disclosed, it took a while because they really needed to get in everywhere. Um, So I think we were back there maybe 45 minutes.
0: Wow. So does that mean, aside from her saying that he put his penis in her mouth, there was more than that you found out after that that Chris did to Layton?
1: Yeah, the, the, the detective said that there was a lot more. Um, uh, situations that had happened. And I'm going to be honest with you. I don't actually know them. I have never listened to her tape and I was not in there when she was on the stand. I'm not sure if that's normal, but they didn't let us back there. I don't know if Did- it's because I was testifying to or what.
0: Yeah, and we're going to get to that part. Did they tell you specifically not to talk to her about it? Like during that period? They no? told
1: me. They told me not to ask her about it directly. They said if mm-hmm. she brings it up, you can mm-hmm. talk about it. But what I did, I made sure to cover my ass. Anytime mm-hmm. his name was even spoken, I immediately
0: would hit record on my phone. Yeah. And what I are just such an monitor. unnatural way to live that, yeah. you know, anything that happens to your kid, if they get in a have an issue at school with a teacher one of their peers you would always say well what happened what did they say what did you say Mm -hmm. what did you do who helped all the normal things that we talk to our kids about to make sure they're okay and now here's the worst most tragic thing that could happen to your child and you're told don't ask about it and if they bring it up you can talk about it but it's so unnatural. And then you're recording and that's super unnatural. Yeah. The whole household, your entire life has now shifted into this dimension that is so like artificial, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah. So, okay. So you guys finished the forensic testing. You find out through this process, there's been much more. How right. are you handling it? As a mom, how are you handling it? As that the perpetrator is your childhood best friend who you trusted and lived with, and how it wears your brain through all this? Um.
1: Well, I'm not. I'm not doing well. I'm mm-hmm. living with a lot of guilt. It, mm. it got to a point even that at night I could no longer sleep without um, just noise. I would have to put noise on, or else I would just lay there all night thinking. Yeah. And replaying everything and. Um, I mean, I mean, I guess as good as you can imagine. I felt like I failed them because yeah. in, her, in Layton's forensic interview, she had disclosed situations that had happened where Lila was there. So tell
0: tell, tell everybody, Sarah. Tell the listeners one of the biggest myths. How many times did Chris perpetrate any of your children with other people in the room that you uh. know? Of?
1: Almost all of the situations involved
0: other people, right? And and they some of them were not would alone, move
1: right there. Yes. And I had no clue.
0: And this is the biggest misnomer, I believe, about pedophiles. When I, in my work, you know, I work with trauma and sexual abuse, sexual offenders. So many people, when I ask if there's been abuse for their children, oh, he was never, she was never alone with anybody. And this is the problem, right? Because Mm -hmm. most predators, pedophiles do it right in front of not only the parents, but other people too. Mm -hmm. And I can tell you from working with the offenders, they, many of them really get off on that. Doing yeah. it right in front of people and not getting
2: caught. Yeah. It's so. True.
1: And, I'm, I, and I'm not like just a normal mom that's ignorant to this kind of stuff. I mean, I, I grew up in foster homes with a mom who would literally sell me for drugs. Oh I, God. from, from the second I knew I was having children, I, I mean, I even went into social work. I mean, oh. I knew what I was doing. I knew what yeah. to look for. I, I was considered an expert Mm -hmm. and I had no damn clue.
0: And that's the part where you're laying in bed going, thinking back to like that day at the park or that day at the, at the, the this you're thinking about all these memories and you're not keyed into this guy because he's your best friend. Right. And you did, you knew him your whole life, whole life. And and, And everybody, how did you describe him to me? What would you describe his personality as? Oh, he is shy and timid and sweet
1: and uh, very gentle and caring. And he's, mm-hmm. but he's also very funny and likable and outgoing and cares. Right. He's literally just sweet. He's the sweet guy and he would do anything for a woman, do anything for a child. He is very feministic too. He believes in women's rights and
0: like just, yeah, you. Every reason why he was your best friend. So right. when you were mentioning to me in our pre-interview, what did the people, the people being your family, your friends, yeah. when, when they found out what Chris was being accused of, what did they say about your daughter?
1: Even the girl's dad, my girl's wow. father, they, he was like, no way. No way she meant that, Chris. There's no way. he's too, He's too. No way. Chris can't do that. And mm-hmm. I, I mean, cause even when it first happened, I was like, there is no way.
0: Right. But and again, you're child. no, you're not new to the world. You've been yeah. through a lifetime of abuse. You were a foster child. You were sold as a child. You know, the signs, you know, yeah. you know, this stuff. And so you're over here. You are not somebody who's got their head in the clouds. Yeah. And you're just blown away. And then everybody else is like, you said, right? Half the people believed her, even though they're in shock. And the other half thought she was lying, right? Yeah. Yeah. And that must have been extremely painful.
1: It was. It it was. I mean, it's it's frustrating. And and more so once they actually put the warrant out. Because I'm just sitting here like, Do you people not realize how the law works? Like, I can't just go point my finger at someone and a cop is going to go, okay, let me go arrest him. Like, that's not how that works.
0: Right. So once somebody is accused of a sex crime, I don't know about other crimes because I work with sex sex abuse. There is a process and it is long and it is gruesome and it is painful and you're left with confusion and questions and nobody's beating down your door to answer them. So you make, the child makes, you know, the uh, statement of being abused. You, Sarah, immediately, thank God, go right into play, call the CPS, call the police. Everybody's in on it. And then you're tucked away. This is unique, what you went through. You're hidden from the world for eight months because the perpetrator, the rapist, is his mother is involved threatening insinuating like indirect threats of killing you and your daughter because if you guys aren't witnesses then her son can't go to prison right so you have just a completely that is very unique and so now you're sitting 8 months is anyone telling you like what's going on any status updates or how often are you getting news on what's happening
1: so for the first maybe month or two we
0: were in contact with the detective almost daily
1: and then all of a sudden it just stopped. It just was, you know,
0: radio silence. And where was Chris through that time? Was he in jail or free? Free. So he's free, free. to roam mm-hmm. the world while they're yep. investigating. Yep. Living his life. For eight months. Yeah. Okay. So then how does it go?
1: Well, so we were we were in hiding for a while. Um, and then finally, um, I we were given permission to go back to our house to get some things. The detective mm-hmm. drove us to my apartment and, um, he, he was there. He was, he was walking up actually, as we were getting ready to leave. I was sitting in the car. The detective was leaning over the car and we're just talking.
0: He being Chris.
1: Right, And I okay. see him walking up. And again, at this point, remember, he still does not know that we know that it's him. And I was told to play it cool. So when he so I was not allowed to have contact with anybody. I was told not to contact, but I was told if he contacted me through messenger or something, or even on the phone to not, not do it through phone call, but to get him to do it on messenger. Okay. So I was, and at this time I was having sporadic communication through Facebook messages with him Mm -hmm. and his mother actually was hounding me. And I still have those messages
2: of,
1: of her saying, you know, this isn't right. Chris, Chris loves you and he would never do this. And why are you doing this, Sarah? Why are you doing this? Wow. But, uh, you know, it's, it's, it was a lot of that. So at yeah. this time, he, he still doesn't know that we know it's him. Okay. So he's got this false sense of, oh, I, I can pull this off. I got away with so, it. Yeah. Right. So he sees us there and he comes to walk over. He pulls off his headphones and he acts like he's going to come jog over and like see us and see the kids. And I say to the detective, I say, he's right there. Can I go? And she's like, yeah, go. So I I start to speed off. And the detective goes, hey, man, you know, come over here. Let me talk to you for a minute. And I guess that was, that tipped him off that, uh-oh, something is wrong. Oh. So that was the night that he then tried to kill himself.
0: So t- he- before we go to the kill himself, how did you feel when you saw him for the first time since then?
1: Um, I think, I think... I was still in that kind of numb, blurring feeling. I didn't feel anything mm-hmm. other than, I mean, I felt some panic at first because I didn't want Layton to see him.
0: Because she was with you?
1: Right. All the kids were with me.
0: Oh, yeah. But
1: thank God I had put her all the way in the back of the car and the windows were pretty tinted.
2: Mm-hmm. So
1: I told them, I remember when we were getting ready to leave, I told them we were going to play the the hide and tuck game. And that was where they put their heads underneath their little baby blankets that they had back there with them. And then we, I tell them when they can come back up and they have to tell us where we are. Um, Okay. So I told them to hide, basically.
0: Okay. And you're just still in this kind of dissociative fight or flight trauma response. Get in, get your clothes and get out. Yeah, basically. Okay. Does he talk, does he see you?
1: Oh yeah, he saw us. That's why he took off his headphones. Like he was going to run over and come say hi.
0: Okay. he knew we were
1: there. And I think that's why he got, that's what tipped him off kind of was because I've never just sped off from him, you know?
0: Okay. Oh, you sped off from him. Okay. So you didn't even speak to him.
1: No, I didn't say, I said, can I go? And she said, because she looked, saw him and she said, yeah, get out of here.
0: Okay. Okay. So then what happened?
1: Later that night, I get a phone call from my dad, which, because mind you, he's still living in my apartment.
0: Chris is living in your apartment with your yeah. dad yes okay my dad called me and says um
1: I think this guy is trying to kill himself and I said what do you mean he's like well there's pills all over and he's he's passed out and I said we'll try to wake him up so I hear him going Chris 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 and he's like he's not moving I said we'll call 911 then and my dad goes well I don't care if he survives." <laughs> I said. Okay, but I do. I want to make sure that i he knows that he is going down for this, yeah, my daughter's not going to be robbed of this, so I said called an ambulance, and he said, my dad said, Okay, fine, so he did, and they took him to the hospital and they held him for two weeks, but he left behind his phone
0: at the, at your dad's house or at where you right. guys all my lived.
1: My dad noticed it was there, so he called me. I called the detective, detective went and got it.
0: This turned out to be. Very good. The gold mine. So, so he, so just to recap a little, so Chris gets this feeling, you think, and I agree that he, that they know it's him when you and the detective came to get the clothes because that night he takes an overdose of pills. We don't know how many, but it must have been enough to keep him two weeks because a typical stay is like 72, like three, three days ish, three to five days. So two weeks is a long stay. So he was trying to Uh, Which is also unusual for a pedophile to try to end their life. Usually the so many other mental health things like narcissism are high and mighty. They don't do that. They might make an attempt, but it's not genuine. It's more to try to get out of trouble. But um, so he was there for two weeks and that's in general. I don't know, Chris, but that's just, you know, on average, what we see, what I see. Okay. So two weeks in the hospital for psych psychiatric help inpatient and then you guys happen to get a hold of his cell phone and you give it to the detective and what was in there so he had been searching
1: um like how much time would you get if you uh you know did this to a child like Um, how much prison time right Mm -hmm. um you know looking up things like that Is it illegal if you do this to a child? Is it illegal if a child consents and you do this? And just the most disgusting things. Yeah, everything is. Files. Wait, what's that? Then they found files, video and audio files that were going from his phone to his mom's phone.
0: Okay. And
1: they were then able to get, so his mother had known things were going wrong at this time. And so she got rid of most of her electronic devices, but she didn't get rid of one home computer okay. and they were able to get someone to seize that computer. And the files that were going from Chris's phone to her computer were, were videos that he was filming of me in my sleep and my kids in my, in, in our sleep and wow. him abusing us in our sleep and sending these files to his mom
0: and Sexually the files abusing were going, correct. Oh my
1: gosh, yeah. And the files were going from his mom's computer out to rooted, like, link files, which is basically the black web.
0: The dark web. Oh my gosh. And didn't you say, like, the stepdad was involved too?
1: Stepdad and
0: the brother. So Chris is videoing himself sexually abusing you, Your how many of your children? All of them? All of them. And you had no idea of your abuse or uh, anyone no, else other than your sister and your one daughter. Right. Yeah. So you now learn he's been abusing you and everyone. And videotaping it, sending that to his mom, his mom sending it to the brother and the stepdad, and it's now going to the dark web, which they're potentially selling it.
1: Right. Because they had an influx of money coming into the Oh wow. Web.
0: did they do um a toxicology report on layton i don't recall to see if he was like drugging her or like was he drugging anyone did anyone remember like waking up to him after you found this out
1: i don't recall no one said anything and the only times that i ever remember and this is one of those moments where i was telling you you know, I should have, I should have taken that as a, as something odd, but I didn't because our brain naturally explains away things that we can't understand. We try to make sense of things. And I remember a few times I would wake up cause I had a bathroom in my room
0: mm-hmm.
1: and I remember waking up a few times and I would see him running into the bathroom and I would mm-hmm. think that that was so weird. And I would wait and wait and wait and he'd be in there for a while mm-hmm. and then he would come out and I'd go, what are you doing? Go, oh, I, you know, I don't feel good or your dad was in the other bathroom or, you know, things like that. And that would happen every so often.
0: Yeah. Easily explainable. Not really like a red flag.
1: Now I know that he was noticing that I was waking up. So he would dart into the bathroom and he would finish doing whatever the creep was
0: doing. How terrifying.
2: Um, And
1: so, so much so that even to this day, if I wake up in the middle of the night and I see that my husband isn't in bed. It makes my stomach sink because I'm like, "Yeah, oh, God, what is he doing? What is he doing? Yeah, you know? and, and my husband's never done anything to give me any. No, Twitter. it's just it's Nothing. trauma.
0: Yeah, it's right. a trauma response. You know, you're. And
1: if my husband's in the bathroom for too long with his phone, I'm like, "What is he doing? What were you doing?
0: Yeah, and yeah, he's like so playing
1: my game. Uh, I wasn't doing anything. Here's my, like, and my husband no, so he'll he'll just hand me the phone. He's like, here Yeah,
0: you go. here, take it." how t- just mortifying i mean not now you have to also process all the kids including right your newborn right
1: yeah so they're they're pretty confident he had done something to her in the hospital they have him coming out of one of the rooms after visiting us after having her where he's adjusting himself i guess oddly and um but they i mean it was that's all they had. They couldn't prove it. And I guess birth causes trauma to babies' genitals anyway, like swelling. Mm-hmm. So they oh really could gosh. not get a clear cut case of what was happening. They're basically kind of, they kind of got to the position of, we're not stupid, but we can't prove
0: it. Right. going to have to drop it. So now at this point, you have the newborn who is abused. And then what are the other ages now? What's everybody's age at this point?
1: Layton is five. Lila would be th- three, three mm-hmm. or two. Um, and Lexington is seven.
0: So seven, five, My and
1: Just turned 12.
0: Okay. So 12, well, no, seven, 13, five, turned, and three. They just turned 13. Sorry. Okay. 13, seven, five, and three. Yep. And you also. Right. And you had no memories of it other than like the flash of when he would come in the room.
1: Oh, I don't remember anything.
0: That's just insane. So y- now your brain is just flooded with a million more,
2: mm-hmm.
0: millions and millions of more thoughts. Yeah. Yep. And and everyone's like, "Oh, he's a great guy. He's a great mm-hmm. guy. We love him." Not, not yep. Chris. Yep. And this is crazy. I mean, and you guys have this on video. So it's not even like diddy, he, didn't he? It's on video.
1: And that's the part that infuriated me the most. When people would say, you're just trying to ruin his life. You're jealous. You're this. For, which makes no
0: sense in itself. Right. So. Why would you want to like, ruin your best friend's life? Why?
1: Right, right. And I'm just, and I'm just, again, I'm like, do you guys really not understand how the law works like i can't just say someone did something and they go and get a warrant like we, there's so much evidence that yes. had nothing to do if you if you remove our my daughter's testimony and mm-hmm. you go solely based off of forensic evidence and digital footprint he's he's sealed his own coffin
0: right At and 10, still how long years, did it take
1: even with the actual video oh God, how long did so it take long. So long. Uh, it took it, it took God, he was what? Convicted in 2018? I think yeah we saw that. And this happened in 2016 and it, it wasn't even the police doing their due diligence and their job that got him. My own friend who lived in Michigan because after he got out of the mental hospital, he fled to Michigan. He went back home. His mom was hiding him. And then they got smart and figured well maybe he shouldn't be hiding here so they put him in a motel.
0: He mm-hmm. got a job
1: at a daycare and a job at a local Wait,
0: grocery store. Wait, let's just re-say that slow. He got a job where?
1: At a daycare.
0: At a daycare.
1: And then a grocery store.
0: Yes. And my friend who
1: lived in Michigan that I had not heard from in many years, I guess heard about it. And she was just checking on me mm-hmm. and then told me I'd seen him walking. And that's when we were like, what the f- he's just living his life he had gotten himself a new girlfriend who had a little baby
2: a little
0: baby girl or boy a little girl Mm -hmm.
1: living his life and so my two friends got together and they literally put their life on hold
0: but how did you feel how did you feel one knowing that he was working at a daycare with access to all babies and toddlers and children. And then separately, how did you feel that he found a girlfriend who had a baby infant mm. who was a female? I,
1: mean, I was disgusted, but I'm, I'm enraged now. I, and you know what? Selfishly enough, I am, and I'm, again, it's a, I'm ashamed to admit it, but I'm, I'm more angry at this point that I am locked in a goddamn apartment. Yeah. That I can't leave. And you are allowed to go pick up a bottle of vodka to go take and drink with your little girlfriend.
0: Yeah, because he's under no detainment whatsoever at this point. Still, almost a year later. Not even surveillance. Oh my gosh, nothing. So the only surveilling going on is your friends keeping an eye on him who find out he's working with little kids, drinking, living in a hotel and has a baby at his. So he's around babies 24-7. Between oh, his okay. job at the daycare and the girlfriend with the newborn. Yeah. Okay. So then and the what? only people watching him are my
1: own friends. Right. Who were unbelievable. To let him through the- because we, we lost we lost him for a little bit. They could not find him. Wow. Even though I kept telling them where he most likely was. Tulsa P D basically was like, Ah, we don't have the resources, you know, when we get him, we get him.
0: Because at that point, all the investigation was done. They knew who their guy was. They knew everything was proven. And they were waiting to arrest him, but they couldn't find him. Right. Okay. And you guys called, right? You called his place of employment. I called both
1: of his jobs. And I told them that I would even send them all of the paperwork. Mm -hmm. I said I would send them everything that was happened in the interview from the therapy. Everything.
0: Yeah, And they both basically said the same thing. Well, nothing came back in his background check. Wow. Was it. So he got he, the daycare, let him stay working there? So the woman that I spoke to was actually mortified. And she
1: essentially tried to get the management to understand. But I guess they were so desperate for staff that wow. the person that had control basically said, well, if nothing comes back in the background check, we're not liable. If something does happen,
0: which is different
1: disgusting
2: Disgusting.
0: oh my god it's just so scary to even have children anymore well not even this has been going on since the beginning of time yeah but this is so scary to have children because this
1: person is in charge of making sure your children are safe while you're at work yeah and because she doesn't want to put more hours on herself she decided to hire someone that she even if she didn't believe it if if an accusation like that happens Mm
0: -hmm. you're better safe than sorry Absolutely. And so many people have this false hope that, oh, they're licensed. That really right. doesn't mean almost it doesn't. anything. It doesn't. Because... And that's because humans are sick. We Right. Are and this guy, people. he wasn't charged yet, but he had already accumulated almost 10 victims in just with you guys. Yeah. Because yeah. then he had his girlfriend and God knows. And so this whole quote-unquote investigation period of almost a year he is now victimizing even more people and nobody can like the daycare you know or the grocery store said they really you know couldn't do anything because he had no because he right he had no criminal record whatsoever right
1: the grocery store was horrible they literally were like
0: we don't give a
1: damn
0: but right we don't care he, Chris had no record whatsoever. He had never no, been in trouble, right? Never. What kind of work did he do other than daycare work?
1: He's never worked in a daycare. When I knew him, he always was in like, um, you know, like typical young boy jobs, like, um, like little um, warehouses, like stocking boxes, like that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. He never worked in childcare.
0: You were, oh my gosh, you must, it must've been so hard to control yourself. Like, because you know what he's done to you guys now. You know he's again. Just like he put himself in the position of your life with all your littles. Now he put himself in a new life with all littles all around him. Again, so you're. I'm sure you were beside yourself, to say the least.
1: I was. I was angry. So confused why none of these people would listen to me.
0: Yeah,
2: it's. I didn't
1: understand it because I knew me as a mother. I would do anything to protect my children even if it was on an assumption and I just couldn't yes. understand why these people wouldn't listen
0: but do do you see like i my takeaway is it is out of convenience for themselves versus care for a uh, sincere care for children right. yeah they need a body there at the daycare to watch the kids so Meh, who cares? He hasn't been charged. They need yeah. a body to bag groceries because they need a body. Who cares? We don't care. You know, yeah. and it's really disgusting. It's disgusting the selfishness and the irresponsibility and the reckless behavior of these managers and owners. But this is. is the world we live in. It is. Okay. And,
1: and I told you, like, how the detective told me hmm. that the number of mothers that even report. Their spouses or fathers or brothers or uncles is incredibly low. Yeah. Incredibly low. Usually it's reported by teachers and um, grandmothers.
0: Wow. So I guess I, it's I've never heard that. That's interesting. The
1: yeah. The guy was the detective. He was like, usually moms aren't the ones sitting here with forensic interviews. Usually we're here with the, the uh, CPS therapist. So sad. Like That's things like so that.
2: sad. Because yeah, they'd rather
1: but- creep it under the rug.
0: And I think, you know, like we were talking about, you know, in a lot of situations, well, I don't think we talked about it much, a lot of situations, um, especially women who stay home, whether they're in poverty, middle class, um, upper class financially, if women don't have a career and a backup plan or a job or a source of income, and they are fully reliant on anyone, a man, a woman partner, and their abuse comes forward, they feel like they have nowhere to go and nothing, no way to make it. So they will tend to, so to speak, sweep it under the rug because it will massively inconvenience their life and make it extremely uncomfortable. So in order to avoid that, then they call the kid a liar or they don't listen or they minimize it and justify it because it will cause so much upheaval in their lives. And listen, any woman, any man, sleep in your car, go in your car, get food from the food pantry, keep your kids away from sexual predators, period, period. You will figure it out. And the best thing like I could tell any woman or man, don't Ever. I hate when women tell their daughters to grow up and find a rich husband. No. Grow up and have a great career that you can take from you. Yeah. Decide to stay home and take care of your kids. Awesome. But make sure if anything goes on, you can leave to keep you and your kids safe if you have to. That's my thing. Like, raise strong independent children so that they don't ever have to feel stuck and people, children, women, adults, men end up enduring so much abuse because they are not prepared for financially for the world. It's true. Yeah. So tell us, okay, sorry. I had to go on that tangent. So what, yeah. so then what happens now? So where were we? You're, um- so my
1: friends are stalking him, essentially. Oh, yeah. That's literally yeah. what they were doing. They were stalking him. They oh, you guys to- reported yeah. him
0: to the jobs.
1: Right. And so my friends decided just to keep an eye on him. I told Tulsa PD where he was. And they, again, told me, basically, we don't have the resources right now. Like, we'll get to it. And I, I did wait patiently for quite some time. And then finally, we just got sick of it. And so we were there about we were like three, four months into just stalking him. Mm-hmm. And... We called Ypsilanti police ourselves. What's that? The, that's the city he lived in.
0: Uh, what state is that? Michigan. Oh, okay. Sorry. Okay.
1: So we called Ypsilanti police and we told them, and they were the ones that were horrified. And they were like, uh, okay, we're going to go get him. They said, mm-hmm. does he have a warrant? And I said, yes. And they said, is it national? I said, yes. And they looked it up and they're like, we're going to go get him. And they literally went and got him and they forced Tulsa P- P- PD. They basically said, come get this creep. Like, come get him out of here. Right. And now they had no choice. So they went and they got him. And then that's when uh, all the trials started.
0: And Wait, so if it wasn't for your friends surveilling him has not yeah. And police officers just regular citizens they wouldn't have pursued him any further no no
1: they would have waited for him to get pulled over or something
2: oh
0: wait tell the part about what point did you contact his girlfriend with the baby oh um almost immediately
1: i found her okay and so I- before Right. And I told her, you know, this is what we just went through. This is why he's even back in town. And I was told that I was jealous, basically.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I needed to uh, get over it. And I needed to stop ruining his life.
0: Right. Okay. So that, and she knows that you weren't his ex-girlfriend. You weren't a wife. Right. You were his best friend. So right. this is one of those people like you and I talked about earlier, where there are not just women, but men that are so desperate for a relationship that they are not listening. It doesn't mean you pack up and leave them immediately, but you do. If someone calls you and says, hey, your boyfriend sexually molested all of my children and me, we have it on video. You need to obviously immediately act and find out what is going on instead of accusing you of being lie a liar and jealous she chose to sweep that because she wanted to keep her life the way it was and she had her newborn girl exposed to this man and stayed there until what happened
1: uh, I and I don't know her I do, I've never heard of her until this time and I don't know all the details mm-hmm. I did know that my friend Sonia the one that had been stalking him saw in the news he, she recognized her car in her face um, her baby had been so brutally sexually assaulted that she actually died from her injuries
0: oh my god and who was well they're pretty certain it was Chris right they're so that weird. was after you called her Yes. Her baby came up murdered yeah. from the. So, shortly
1: after he actually was arrested, I believe they, I believe Sonia saw it in the newspaper about three to four weeks after he was arrested and extradited.
0: And the baby died from such a horrific sexual <laughs> abuse that That's her you said, of her internal organs were, we don't know the exact details, but she right. died as a result of a horrific sexual assault. Yes. So, imagine. How that mother must feel inside like I can't even right. imagine
1: yeah
0: and how old was the baby when she passed away do you know I believe like the baby was about seven months old oh my god oh my god okay so then you guys start your court testimony yes or the, I'm sorry the trial start is or what's yeah. happening are you guys going right. to trial yes. or they're doing yes. the negotiation
1: uh, well, we tried for a plea deal and to save Lincoln from testifying and he wouldn't do it. So we, and now at this time, we were relocated from that apartment that we were put in. We were then relocated to um, Kansas. We were told to basically get the hell out of the state.
0: You were in, um, where Oklahoma. were you again? I'm so sorry. So Oklahoma. from Oklahoma to Kansas. Okay.
1: So it w- it came the date for the first day of trial and we, you know, we we live almost five four or five hours away now. So we have to get up super early to start heading that way. It's me and my husband, my girls and the girl's dad and my the girl's stepmom.
0: And so do you we're think all on the- that the <laughs> security because of the threat. Insinuate your lives. You no, that's have-
2: exactly why. That's literally
0: what they told us. Okay. So they moved you again because she had still been threatening to basically get rid of you guys by death so you couldn't testify and now the court trial is coming so they're like let's get you guys out of here again because now it's getting much more heightened because it's all here exactly it's all happening exactly Exactly what happened and now you were able to live your husband was with you at this
1: yes so we're all back together now um, they know who it is, and that's all fine. We just need to kind of watch ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and we were on the way to that first day of trial, and we got a call from the detective, and she said, well, he's going to take a plea deal, so you don't have to come. And so we we are start heading back, and then we get a call. We're almost back home, and she goes, never mind. He said he's not, and he did this two more times, or he did that wow. twice to him.
0: Because if he would have taken a mm-hmm. plea your daughter wouldn't have had to testify. What about your sister?
2: Neither would this- have
0: to. Okay. Neither would have to testify. Were they lumping your sister and your daughter's case together? Yes. Okay. Yep. And so so he did that two times to us.
1: And the third time, we thought, um, you know, for sure that's what he was going to do again. So we we get there for this third time, you know, and my daughter has to go up there and testify. She was in there. Maya had to go in. I had to go in. But Layton went last. And after Layton got off the stand, all of a sudden, he's going to take a plea deal. Wow. So we're going to stop everything. He's going to take a plea deal. And we thought for sure he was going to pull it again. But he didn't mm-hmm. this time. He actually took a plea deal.
0: And I'm thinking the attorney told him, like, you better take a plea after she testified and they had all the evidence on top of all the video and the recording and all of this, the attorney was probably like, you're going to hang yourself if you go to trial.
1: Essentially. Well, you know, we knew the attorney was not happy with what they were doing
0: Mm -hmm.
1: because after, after all this was said and done, his own attorney actually came and um, talked to me and lay in and was very apologetic. And he was he wow. was so just, you could, you could tell he was a dad that was really hurting for her. And he was Fair very way. kind. He even had a teddy bear for her. Wow. And he was the one that actually helped set up um, after everything was done and he was sentenced. Um, in the mail, we got a little trophy that came for Layton. And it said, uh, number one bravest girl. Um, your bravery saved has saved thousands of children, something like that. And wow, he was one of the ones that helped set that up for her, and yeah. she still has it to this day. And she tells everybody, "I did something brave, and I helped." Lots she of
0: really shit. did. Oh. oh. Okay. Wow. That's just so heavy. Yeah. And people think like the defense attorneys have no feelings at all, which some of them don't. But this guy just showed something right. really unique.
2: Um, Yeah, some of them don't, for sure. um, So how did she handle that? She
1: she was still in her, you know, her mission mode. She still understood that she was doing this for a reason, and it was to help other kids, and she just needed to do it. Uh, There was no crying or upsetting, or, you know, there was no me needing to, like, push her along. She, when they called her for her to go, she just stood up and left and, you know, said, I'll be here, I'll be back, mommy. And that was it.
0: Wow. That's incredible. So, okay. So then uh, how, uh, how did she have to see Chris in the courtroom? Yep. She had to actually point him out and identify uh, him. I wish they would change that. That's just so traumatic. And I your do. sister too, right? Yep. Wow. Well, Okay, guys, get through that, and he takes it. And how much? We looked it up together today. But what did he get? What did we say in total? It was like, oh, I eighty-three years. Eighty-three years, right? Unheard of.
1: Unheard Unheard of. of. Yeah, it doesn't happen.
0: Especially
1: first-time
2: offenders.
1: Usually, they get off with a slap on the
0: on the hand. Not even probation. No, you guys would be sickened to know how many sex offenders have never even been charged. Nope, they get a slap never. on the wrist, exactly what Sarah said. Nothing nope. once in a while, they maybe probation once in a blue moon, they'll go to prison, and every crazy once in a friggin' what red moon, you get 83 years yeah which speaks to the state it speaks to the state's attorney the DA's office it speaks to what he did the, the level of crime and he, has he been charged for the other newborn's death yet or has that where yeah. what's the status of that I don't believe so
1: I I did not keep up with that I
2: okay. kind
1: of felt the mother I don't I didn't know her and I didn't feel it was appropriate for me to so I you know, I kind of left it and whatever's going to happen with that happens. I mm-hmm. don't
2: believe
1: any movement has happened on that part.
0: Okay. And so how are you doing as far as feeling safe?
1: Well, because his, his mother's still, still out.
2: out. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah. They're all still out still. And they're adamant that he is innocent. And this was, I did this to ruin their life. Um, so we, I mean, just a year ago, we had to up and move. We literally had to pack up what we could fit in our little backpacks and suitcases and fit in our car and go. I had we had to walk. We had just bought our first home.
2: Aww. and we had to
1: walk away from it. And my kids are used to, unfortunately, getting like new bed sets, right? And they're used to having to potentially walk away from them in a matter of months and starting
0: over yeah, just the the trauma just keeps on giving. So right,
2: what's the status with his mom and brother? Part of the video oh. all the sexual abuse was sending of you and the kids. So we're
1: we're due back in court this month for the digital crimes. Um his mother is playing dead right now.
0: Which, which means she's, what? she's
1: she's faked her own death again. Literally. So I'm not sure. I'm not sure if she thinks it's going to work. This I don't, I they're, they're not very smart people, as you can imagine. Yeah. So um, right now she's playing dead on the internet. Just can't find. It. Right, they cannot find her, but they do know where the brother and the dad are. And from what I understand, they actually divorced. So
2: they're not okay. even together anymore. Charging separately for. The- I actually won't know
1: until next week when we go and have our first, you know, what is it? I guess a uh, deposition.
0: Okay. Or so you'll find I'm out next sure. week if they're going right. to.
1: Yep. I'll find out next week kind of how this court case is going to go.
2: Wow. All this yeah.
1: it was Halloween on 2016 and we're still going.
0: Oh. Almost at the end, of years. yeah, six years, and it's not remotely over. You still have the mother, the father, and the brother. Yeah. Um, we have a parole date.
2: I'm not. I'm not aware. I didn't I'm not see aware. It when we looked,
0: if he is um, well. I can assure you his stay, and I saw what he looks like when we looked him up. I assure you that he is having a horrendous stay in prison. I mean, he's already had to be
1: moved a few times due to his safety.
0: Yeah. Everything that he's done is coming back to him five million fold every day on every level. So, you know, I'm glad he got... Uh, you know, courtroom justice, but he is also getting prison justice. I promise you that. Um, And I just you know, the bravery that you guys have really come forth with is so admirable because it's just so heinous to go through this and then on top of it with all the legal stuff.
1: Right. Yeah. Well, it's definitely been a whirlwind.
0: Now, looking back you know were there any signs because people always want to know this part were there any signs or symptoms from any of the kids now that you know and you look back
1: uh, yes I mean Layton was diagnosed with ODD we thought she had a defiancy disorder but that's mm-hmm. not what it was and as soon as all this came out her ODD went away Right. Um, her. she also was having night terrors and, and ODD, because, let
0: me mm-hmm. just tell them really quick. ODD, you guys, is oppositional defiant disorder.
1: Right. And they're very violent children, very aggressive. Disrespectful. Um, very just bad. Bad children.
0: behavior. Yeah, they're just bad. And kids, this all went away.
1: Really. I mean, literally, it yeah. went away overnight. Um, She also had night terrors. And they thought, her therapist thought that was because her dad was no longer living with us. Because mm-hmm. Scott and I had always lived with each other off and on. So her dad actually dropped everything and moved to live with us for a while and it worked for a little bit but that was probably because the abuse stopped for a little bit what about was a
0: wedding yeah I mean, so she also
1: worked, she was also wetting the
2: bed um and was she chris i'm sorry
0: oh i lost you
1: sorry what was that
0: How did she act towards Chris?
1: Oh, I mean, they were best buddies.
0: Right. So you're having, this is the other thing people say, oh, they love him. That's not how sexual abuse works. They do love him. They just don't love the abuse. Right. So it's that's where the essence of the abuse comes in. It's so confusing because you do want someone to take you to get ice cream and get you special shoes and take you to the movies in the park. They're, the abuser is only doing that. That's the grooming piece because they want to sexually abuse them and continue abusing them. And the kids hang out with, continue to hang out with them because they want all of the fun and good things, but not the abuse. And so... For you as a mom, you're seeing, she loves my best friend. He spends this time with her. He helps me out. He's a great friend.
1: You know, it's it's like, it's like this in a kid's mind. You, I mean, they're, they're learning. They don't know the world yet. They don't know how things work and they're learning. So you have to, I had to understand that, Layton or any child, you know, they don't want to clean their room. They don't want to do their homework. They don't want to clean up their messes. So they have to do these bad things that they think is so terrible and they don't want to do it so they can go get their candy, have dessert, Uh go to the store. And a child can't differentiate that okay if i want to go get ice cream with chris i have to first allow him to molest me exactly I, th- to them doing that is the same as oh my mom won't let me have that candy until i clean my room
0: right to a child those are no different you're 100 percent right yes they it's the world of negotiation if you do this i do that and that happens with good things and horror things as well.
1: And that's why it's so important. I've always because again, I'm not stupid to this. I and I I I was considered an expert in my in my field. Yeah. I you have to understand that it's all a big mind game.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: It's
1: what it is. Mm-hmm. And it's I don't even I don't understand how uh, I don't understand how, how you, we can even begin to figure out how to combat these things because they're always finding ways yeah. to like kind of bob and weave.
0: It's so true. They are, and that's why they commonly put themselves in positions to be around kids. They groom the community. They groom the parents. They groom the children. They groom the siblings to get everyone's guard down and then they come in for the kill you know and it's it's such a systematic type of abuse and it's an abuse like you and i talked about i call it um emotional homicide it is a murder of the mind in a sense because it doesn't stop just because he's removed the aftermath is forever and some people can you know still cope and live a functioning life some people are absolutely on their face and some mm-hmm. people are you know average functioning like normal and have breakdowns here and there but yeah. either way it affects every part of their life yeah and you know it's it's it, it's just such an atrocity it's there's just and, the that's, best what, and that's
1: why the best thing you can do is to just do your best to prevent it by ensuring yes. that you always, and from day one, but even during, cause Chris, I would literally sit there and show him like, Oh, look at this piece of trash that just got arrested for touching a kid. And how disgusting, like I would sit there and share these stories with him. And, and how he would we be there, it, Just like, Oh, that's so awful. Like I never would have known.
2: Wow. And, and
1: even before this, again, like I was an expert in my area and I would always if I would hear one of my friends or someone referring to their kids' genitals as like your cookie or your no, no, or you, and I would tell them, Hey, you never know when or, and, or if it will ever be crucial that your child knows the correct names for their genitals. Mm -hmm. And it's not a bad word. Don't let them think that penis or vagina is a bad word. Teach them those words because you never know if they will ever need to know the correct terms and Part of the reason why I always did that is what helped save this because she was able Mm -hmm. to identify. Yeah, immediately, immediately. And and I've always drilled into my kids. You do not have secrets with adults when you are a kid.
0: Problem number one. Yes.
1: Surprises are meant to come out. Secrets are not allowed. And that's why I always thought I was doing everything but right. And again, I was an expert. I knew what I was doing. I was trained. Right. I had personal experience and educational experience. You would assume that I would be the last person who would be in the situation.
0: You know, the thing is, you can't, out, you, we don't think like them. It's just so hard to be on that level of thinking 24 7 because we're not right. them. Exactly. And their mind is like I shared with you earlier you know, because I work with sex offenders, people will say, you know, is there treatment for them? Not really. No. Sorry. It's I I know regular. everyone. Yeah. People don't want to hear that. And some people don't agree no. and that's fine, but I do not agree. There is not treatment. No. The only thing there is for them is mm-hmm. supervision and really they need to be watched 24 seven and the, and people say, let's castrate them. That does, does not- absolutely nothing. And I say the only thing is. You know, I probably shouldn't say it, but um, it's not, it's not their, it's not their penis. That's the problem. No, it's it's their, their mind. It's
1: their eyes. Their and eyes their- and their, yeah. their hands. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. You would truly, to make a Jamaica pedophile without having to off them to make them at least not a danger, you would truly have to remove their eyes and their hands. And that's Absolutely. the only- you and honestly, yes. I feel like they would then find a way no matter what.
0: Yeah, they would get like a prosthetic hand. Exactly. They
1: would find a way. There's no rehabilitation no. for because a child predator. It's a
0: brain, it's an it's issue a brain with issue. your brain. If you are, it is. If, that's what I
2: tell the sex offenders. I, I am nature to who are all age 40 up. That's why Black hair, blue eyes. That's my
0: preference. And then one day, Sarah, you come to me and you say, Well, not one day, but born to a thing and you tell me, Sarah, you know what? You're no longer that's illegal. You can you cannot right. be attracted to six foot tall right. men with black hair and blue eyes. From now on, you need to like three foot tall midgets with blonde hair.
1: Right.
0: Like it like midget was the correct word but you know what i'm talking about like um, right. short it has to be three yeah. feet tall right and i okay because i wanted to go with the world's laws but right mind, do you think who am i really still attracted to exactly right nothing's gonna change who i'm attracted nothing. to what no matter how many laws there are nothing and it's just it's just what it is yeah Exactly. So, if you, what's your message to other parents, caregivers? What do you think are like, what do you want them to walk away knowing from you? Like, what kind of tip or message would you give to other caregivers or parents?
1: Honestly, I think the most important thing they can pull from any of this is talk to your damn children. Yeah. Open up the conversation of what is appropriate and what isn't. Stop defending pedophiles because you are worried about your image or your social status or what people will say and what will they think? Who cares? Right. Your child needs to know that no matter what, if they come to you and say that their own father, your husband did something, they need to know that you will protect them. That's right. Teach them the right words for their body parts. Mm -hmm. And make sure that they fully understand it is highly inappropriate to have a secret with an adult, even you. Right. Right. You need to lead by example. Don't then tell them a secret. I mean, you need to teach them these things and you need to show them by living this way so they will be confident in their choices and what they're thinking and their decisions. So if the time ever comes, they will feel safe, confident, and assured that what they're doing is right, that mommy will protect them or daddy will protect them, and that they are correct in their choosing. That is the most important thing. Because abuse is going to happen. They're going to find ways to do it, unfortunately. You can't watch them 24-7. Mm-hmm. But at least you can intercept it, and you can ensure that that, that he goes to prison or she does. And also, mm-hmm. women are just as bad.
0: Exactly. Women
1: can be pedophiles, too. I don't know how many times I've heard, uh, or oh, it's yes. a girl. It's a girl. It's a girl. Mm-hmm. That doesn't matter.
2: Right. A brain
1: it, is a brain. You take exactly. a brain out of a body, and it has no gender. A brain right. is a brain. And,
0: and a damaged tons, brain is a damaged brain. Tons of female sex offenders. The, and the other thing I would like to, you know, add on, and I love all of your points, I think they're so strong and true, is, you know, you're teaching your kids the names of their private parts, but also the names of the yes. other gender's private parts, Yes. and then teaching them what private parts are so it's going to be the vagina the penis it's also going to be the butt and don't ever forget the mouth yeah mouth is private it belongs on nothing and nobody's and not only is theirs private but so are other people's so Mm -hmm. this is everyone's private parts nobody needs to be sharing these
1: I, I don't understand the parents that live in the clouds that are well. That's so inappropriate. You shouldn't be t- children this way, and yet those are the same people that are that then turn into tornadoes when things do happen. They're like, "How could this be?" and "What could I have done?" And it's like you you had all the tools.
0: You, well, I think it goes a lot deeper with those kind oh, of people. Of There's a reason. You know, and I, I wonder the same thing sometimes about like our judicial system when you see cops or CP or, you know, child protective services or attorneys or judges turn the cheek. Mm
2: -hmm. Are you,
0: are you a pedophile? Because who in their right mind would not protect a child and force a consequence to the fullest extent for sexual abuse of a child, unless you are one. Right. Exactly. That's the only, I know it's not going to go over big, but I don't care. That's how I feel. Who yeah. else would do that? Who else? It's bizarre. There's I, no I way. I tell my
1: husband all the time, I don't understand why someone in power doesn't just say, you know what? You're convicted of a child sex crime. We just take you out back because who well, would at, object?
0: Who would object? Yeah. No one there, but a pedophile would object. Exactly. And so that's, I wonder about the people that defend them that have power. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you must be one. And there are countries that they do that.
1: I fully think we should adopt it.
0: You too, but we have a government, I I believe, that that has a lot of love for pedophiles and the laws aren't strict. They're not strict for a reason. I
1: think people would be sick if they knew how much uh, pedophilia existed in our politic world and our Hollywood world. It's a lot there are more
0: pedophiles than you than you could ever. Oh, yeah.
2: have
0: them. If you look if you deep like Disney, all these oh yeah. Oh, it's it will make your mind fall out. But I think, you know, the best thing we can do is keep that conversation open. Keep teaching your kids. And I don't mean like hounding and scaring them, but just no. talking. You know, you're talking yeah. about like anything in your you have to
2: watch your kids. Watch for any bedwetting, overeating, all. And we need
1: to stop allowing our children to go spend the night with anyone and everyone who
2: offers. Agree. And the other we thing we have to we need stop, to stop doing to- that hate me for is one, More- but no parents, no. Kids know it's can be Save time the thing it, it takes it does something to the boundaries
0: so how does a child know when
2: okay for me to my body they don't know learn a generational thing you know oh, our
0: family the kids did it but when you start looking at like how do we prevent this okay and it doesn't mean that everybody's a pervert doing it but the reason i'm saying it is it helps instill boundaries in the kids so yep. they know my bath if, is private for yep. me and my body because who's to say their brother is in the bath and their brother's mm-hmm. in the bed or sister touching mm-hmm. them there's no it way for a brain. clear line
1: for them it just exactly. creates a clear black and white picture and yes. again, it goes back to, let's just be better safe than sorry.
0: Yeah. And there's, it's not going to hurt anybody. And it's like, no. yes, we, you know, every generation did that. That doesn't mean we should keep doing it. As we right. learn, we try to do better. And so that's all we can do. It doesn't mean you're bad because you did it or your parents did it. We're trying to like figure out little things could actually have a very big impact. And that's one of them. Exactly. You know? And so really Sarah, I do I my heart goes out to you and the kids. And you know, I
2: I just really appreciate your tip on people. Greatly appreciate you. Well, thank you. I
1: really appreciate you. I I really, of really do. Course. I really, yeah, really
0: do. To do this. All right. Well, you stay safe and um I hope the kids are, you know, getting better and hopefully at some point, hopefully court goes well and they nail everybody all the way into the coffin. Thank and you. I hope he gets everything he deserves in there, Chris. And I hope you guys have a peaceful, good rest of your life. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Okay honey I'll talk to you again thank you so much have a good night you too bye